Hello and welcome to episode four of the Engineering Judgment podcast. I'm Kyle and we're going to be talking about The Wanderer by Will Strebos from Streetwise Puzzles. Will has been making puzzles since the early 80s and has come up with some really fantastic puzzles. This lock is the first one of Will's that I've gotten so far and it's the most difficult and most fun puzzle that I've been able to get my hands on. Uh, just some background info, I was able to pick it up for a little over 200 US dollars from Mr. Puzzle in Australia. So it is a bit pricey, but the level of craftsmanship in this puzzle really made it worth the cost for me personally. This lock is CNC milled from solid aluminum bar stock and polished to a great finish. It's a definite conversation starter and will really get the attention of whoever sees it. It's a really great piece to have out on the table or up on a display shelf. I know I've gotten several comments on it already, and everybody is just really, really interested in, uh, you know, getting a hold of it and seeing what they can do. Now, I'm not going to describe the exact sequence on how the puzzle is solved, but there will definitely be some spoilers coming up. So if you want to solve this amazing puzzle for yourself, and I recommend that you do, please solve it before you continue uh, with this show and, you know, hear my thoughts on it, because you can never fully unlearn a hint you know, or the solution to a puzzle. So to get the best experience, I would try to go in as blind as possible. I know I did, and I um, really recommend that. I enjoyed it a lot, not knowing really anything about it. I avoided all possible spoilers that I could. Uh, this lock comes inside of a small white cardboard box, and it is an incredibly snug fit on the front of the box. is the name of the puzzle and all of the objectives, so that way you know when you're done. That's kind of nice to have, so that way you know exactly when you're done with a puzzle and you don't miss out on any part or end up searching for a next step that doesn't actually exist. Those things can both lead to some frustration, and I'm just glad that, you know, there's a clear-cut end goal. And, I mean, I almost thought it was part of the challenge just to remove the lock from the packaging without ripping anything. Definitely no wasted space inside the packaging. The challenges on the front are also vague enough that they don't really give away part of the solution. You know, they're just general guidelines. And those particular challenges are listed as follows. The challenges are described in two parts. First part, one, discover your number. Two, open the shackle. Three, remove the brass key. Four, find the tiny wanderer. Second part. Five, replace the wanderer, brass key, shackle. Six, put the lock back in the frame. Seven, fix the lock back into the frame. There's only seven steps, so you might think that it would go pretty quickly, but not quite, at least in my experience. The first attempt took me around an hour and ten minutes to completely take it apart and get it back together. So definitely something uh, that you should really, you know, set apart, uh, you know, an hour or so or a little more to, you know, just depending on your skill level to really be able to sit down and enjoy it. There's no luck or randomness involved in this puzzle in any way. It has a very satisfying moveset that is very repeatable and precise, you know, so there'll be no banging, spinning, or any outside tools needed to solve any part of this process. Everything that you might need, and more, is nicely contained inside of this puzzle. And just a quick warning, when things do start to come apart, make sure that you keep track of the pieces because they can be quite small and easy to lose. I ended up rolling one of these pieces across my kitchen floor and almost lost it uh, the first time that it started to come apart on me. So to start off, um, I guess I'll describe it. This lock looks similar to a common just padlock that you'd find in everyday life. 
except it has this thick aluminum shell around five of the six sides. Uh, the front is open where the padlock slides into a cutout. It's a very precise fit. You know, you probably couldn't fit a playing card in between, you know, the frame and the lock body itself. The body of the lock, along with the frame, is this polished aluminum, and there's a little short brass knob in the middle of the stainless steel shackle that's sticking out of the top of the lock. Um, and that's really all you have to go with. You flip it over, there's no, you know, really interesting features. It does have, you know, have like his name engraved on it and the name of the puzzle. And you can see two like little steel pins that go from the frame into the lock, preferably um, to line it up, I guess. Um, but anyways, once you get started, and once you get the lock free from the frame, you'll be able to start using the brass knob to manipulate some sliding pins in the lock. I learned quickly on um, that, especially even in the first part, that the orientation of this lock matters quite a bit, which is a very cool concept to me. You have to be, you know, conscious of how you're holding it and, you know, exactly what sort of moves you're doing so you don't accidentally throw something off that you don't expect or undo something that you've already done. So once you get the lock free, like I was saying, there's a, there's a number of like little small notches along the bottom edge of that brass knob so you can keep track of its orientation as you go. You know, you'll spin it around and these little notches go over a pin so that way, you know, you can really positively index it. And you can also see these little pins in the front of the lock uh, sliding through three holes that are drilled all the way through the lock body as you tilt it back and forth. Two of these holes were originally used on steel pins that came out of the frame to hold the lock in place. The other one, is, I guess, is just an additional vantage point. And it was at this point that I was stuck for probably 15 or 20 minutes trying to figure out what the next step was. And this part was also the first and biggest of really the three aha moments that I had as I went through this puzzle. And I more or less stumbled into this next part because after trying for a while to make progress and failing, I had just kind of started to randomly move the pieces around and I just happened to try and, uh, you know, twist the bottom end of the, the little brass key plug that goes through the whole lock. I really didn't know how to proceed and it was just me doing anything that I could think of, you know, that might possibly, you know, help me make progress. And so it was really quite the rush when the end of the brass rod started to unscrew. You know, I was like, wow, I didn't expect that at all. That discovery just r totally opened up the rest of the puzzle for me, and I think it's a really neat touch. I like that, you know, that the way forward was using one of the parts in an unexpected way, you know, really subverting expectations in a puzzle is one of my favorite things, and I just, you know, really enjoy puzzles that, you know, have aspects like that. So once you get the brass section solved, then the second, you know, real aha moment for me followed close behind when you unthread that brass piece, there's a little threaded stud in it, and it apparently was blocking a through hole in the main body of the brass key. So now, those little small notches in the brass key become really helpful because you can index that key certain ways and tilt the lock, and the pins inside of those viewports will suddenly drop in and out of sight through those holes. And after that first small pin slid out of view, I began to you know move the and rotate the brass key upwards, and then I saw that same little pin fall out and into another area of the lock. And that was really when I was amazed for the second time because then I realized it was, 
you know, like this neat little concept to have to move these sliding pins through a maze-like process. It's really like a pin elevator in a way. These pins really remind me, you know, of, I would say the, you know, just like the key pins you would find or the driver pins and, you know, a common pin tumbler lock is what they remind me of the most. I mean, I've personally never seen anything like this before, the way that you move these pins around. So I am just really amazed by it. It's a lot of fun to, you know, work through. And once I got here, this part took me quite some time to figure out what was going on because the brass key in the center would sometimes lock into place when I didn't really expect it to do so. I mean, I could see both of the pins that I've been sliding, you know, to and fro in the viewports, but something else was happening. You know, something else was in the way. And really, after several minutes of fumbling around, I just, you know, kind of, you know, set the problem back, looked at it, tried to get an overview, and I noticed there were three set screws in the side of the lock. These were, you know, almost certainly used when the puzzle was assembled just to get, you know, the pins inside of the block in the first place. And now I was able to see two pins in these drilled like viewports that these set screws blocked, but I couldn't see the third one. So after I tried and failed to move that little pin that I'd been jockeying around already uh, up into that suspected bore, I figured that there must be a third like independent sliding locking pin there also just because of that set screw, you know, presence. Surely it was there for a reason. So armed with this new knowledge, I was really, you know, able to figure out what way I needed to tilt the lock because everything up to this point had been, you know, kind of tilt-based. So I tilted it in order to get the shackle to slide out. And really that last unseen pin, you know, just locking into that brass key and the shackle, you know, just popping out in my hands was really that third and, you know, final aha moment that really just impressed me about this lock. And really, once I had the shackle removed, things started to fall apart in my hands. Quite literally, I might add, again, watch for these small, easily rolling pieces as you go through this. You know, don't want to lose one. I almost did. So once I had everything laid out in front of me, I was able to take a closer look at all the individual components and really, you know, just appreciate the, uh, you know, the mechanism and wrap my mind around how this puzzle operates. I won't go into too many details, so that way, if you are still listening and you still want to discover this for yourself, uh, but I determined, you know, it's basically like a tilt-sensitive elevator to be, you know, as as broad as possible and still, you know, be able to talk about it without giving anything away. After I'd inspected these pieces for a little bit, you know, and really wrapped my mind around what was happening, I basically just reversed all the moves I had made in order to get the puzzle reassembled. This part did seem, you know, kind of finicky at first with the little pins just seemingly randomly falling out into bores. But with the use of some of the other disassembled pieces of the puzzle, I learned that I could hold those pins in place as I slid that brass key along to reset things. So it really, you know, was nice that the puzzle elements that I'd removed earlier um, intended or not, really helped me put the puzzle back together. And, you know, also I definitely think looking over how the puzzle worked and, you know, really trying to understand that mechanism really made the reassembly process easier on me. Everything's accurately machined. And as long as you handle it carefully, 
you can tilt and slide it all back into place with, I would say, relative ease. And at that point, I had to slide it back into its skin-tight box, and I'd fully completed, you know, the challenges listed on the front. Overall, my opinion is very positive about this puzzle. It's well-designed, machined, looks great. I can really see, uh, you know, people getting a lot of enjoyment out of this over the years when they come visit. People already are, you know, they just instantly walk over to it like, whoa, what do you have here? This is, you know, funny looking. And, you know, I, I think it's a great product. And after working through it a few times, you know, now I've had some time to, you know, really think it over. And I do have a few thoughts about how I wish it could be improved. Again, this puzzle's excellent. You know, these are just my personal opinions. Will's really done a remarkable job here. However, I, I really do wish the first part was more complex. And this is probably my main complaint. You know, it really seems like a missed opportunity to take this great puzzle to, you know, the next level. Because when you basically get half of the puzzle apart with a single step, it's a bit of a letdown. You know, that half is by size, not really by, you know, steps. But if there would have been more steps to separate the lock from that first housing, you know, the frame, I would really have no serious complaints about the puzzle. Even with that small complaint, you know, this puzzle is really just a work of art. I highly recommend getting one if you have the ability to find one. It just, you know, I kept trying to go back to the frame. You know, the two pins that were sticking out of it, I kept trying to put the lock back into it because I thought maybe... You know, at some point, I have to put the lock back into the frame to somehow, you know, further, you know, get the shackle out or whatever, or just anything I didn't know. So in the end, I ended up wasting a bunch of time with, you know, basically half of the puzzle in one hand. Just I kept trying to make it work. And there wasn't really any reason that I tried to. Just in my mind, I thought, surely, you know, this plays a bigger part than, you know, just one step. That wasn't the case. And it is, you know, um, I just think it could be more challenging, more interesting, you know, basically just add another layer on top of this puzzle. But, you know, however it goes, Will is the designer here. He's done a great job. I will defer to his judgment. And another minor complaint that I had was that the side of the lock has three set screws that were installed, you know, really after the innards of the puzzle were put in. I mean, I know they're absolutely necessary because you have to, put it all together but I kind of wish these holes would have been capped somehow and polished so that I couldn't really see them easily or really at all ideally these screws did end up tipping me off on how part of the puzzle worked because I figured out that the set screws you know were installed for a reason obviously he wasn't just drilling and tapping holes because he felt like it I'm sure he's got a lot of these puzzles to make doesn't really want to waste time and as I talked about already I was able to guess that there was another hidden part of this mechanism, you know, that it, you know exists, and I had to deal with it. And I'm not really sure how much that little hint helped me progress, but I imagine I would have been, you know, stuck for a little bit longer, and it'd been more difficult for me if I wouldn't have had that minor, you know, insight into you know how the unseen portions worked. And I guess the next minor criticism, I wish. The part of the puzzle that you can use as a, you know, really a tool to help solve the rest, I wish it wouldn't leave marks so easily on the body of the lock. I'm talking about the end of the little brass key 
when you first remove it, you know, it's got a threaded stud on the end, and my first instinct was to somehow put it into the holes in the body of the lock, you know, and as soon as you do that and you twist it at all, you score the front of, you know, the aluminum body of the lock. It's just, you know, par for the course, but, I mean, it's really not a big deal, but anyone who tries to solve the puzzle after I did, and I've seen this, you know, people actually have brought it up, a couple people have, you know, they were like, hey, I had a small hint about what needed to go on from here because I didn't know what made those marks. But once I got the brass piece out, it was the only thing that fit that profile. So I knew at some point I could use it here. And one guy was like, hey, I saw this circle and it looked exactly the same as the brass piece. So I knew it had to be removed somehow. And so that really, you know, I think took away some of the, the magic for him, you know, figuring out that you can unscrew it. I don't know, maybe just... Uh, a little bit of a fillet or something on the end of that brass piece would have prevented some of the, uh, you know, the marks on the lock body. It really is a minor complaint. And I actually may be able to smooth out, you know, that sharp edge myself with some real fine grain sandpaper or emery cloth that I have laying around. You know, that way when people come over and see it on the table, they won't be able to guess, you know, what one of the steps is as easily. And I may, you know, actually go try that, see if I can't, you know, smooth everything out so it doesn't mark quite as easily but I mean overall again this is a wonderful puzzle lock that I just I really had a blast working through you know I'm just really fascinated by mechanical devices of any kind and this was really no exception I really liked the core mechanic of it I thought that was really neat as unique to me at least I've never seen anything like it so I, I highly recommend it if you're interested in this type of puzzle you know have a little bit of extra cash it can be kind of hard to come across as the supply is, you know, normally limited because, you know, Will makes these himself, I believe, and he does these in relatively small batches, I guess. I ended up getting mine from Mr. Puzzle in Australia. They were very helpful and answered all of my questions before I ordered, you know, regarding international shipping and times and, you know, really helpful folks over there. So, you know, check out their website. Know, to see if they have this lock and any other puzzles from Will because he has several. You know, check if those are in stock along with a lot of other cool stuff as well. And, you know, just, you know, give them a shout. See, you know, what you can find over there. You might be able to find some, you know, really cool puzzles for yourself. And uh, at this point, I guess I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of the Engineering Judgment Podcast. Please leave feedback on the show as well as what you would like to see in the future. You can reach me on Twitter at ENGRJudgment or by email at engineeringjudgmentshow at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next time.